Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 151, which I know because I wrote it on the document this week, so we don't have to worry about it. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Marvel.com editor Ben Morris. Boy, episode number 151. Who would have thought we'd make it this far, you know? Certainly not me. Crazy. Wow. But yeah, there it is. Black and white on the sheet, all caps. No mistaking it. Yeah. We had quite an episode last week, our big 150th episode. Thank you to those of you who listened. Um, if you did, or if you listen ever, please, on iTunes, leave us a review, leave us a rating. Rate, review, subscribe, as all the other podcasts like yeah, to say. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, man, that was a fun one last week. Uh, we had our This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club with Squadron Supreme. Uh, a lot of fun. We talked to Tom Brevoort. Now, next week, and we'll mention this again later in the show, we are reading Mystic, and we are talking to the editors of that book, hopefully. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's going to be really good. It's a quick four-issue read. If you haven't, please, please, please go to uh, the Marvel Unlimited page. Go to our This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club tab and read four issues of Mystic and share some thoughts with us using the hashtag TwimURC. Yeah, and seriously, I checked the tweets today. You ain't got nothing. So yeah. You got a week. Get to reading, folks. Get yeah. to reading. Yeah. But we get some great comics to talk about today. We've got comments from you guys, two weeks worth. We've got some news. we got all sorts of stuff. we got Mark in the middle. Is Patrick on these? Have we ever confirmed? Yeah, I don't know. No, Someone no. let us know. Someone tweet us and let us know if Patrick's in the middle of these. We don't have time to listen to these whole podcasts. Yeah, I, I could ask them. No, but... someone tweet us. Yeah, tweet, that's more fun. Yeah, email us. Do something. We don't have an email account. Just tweet us or leave a <laughs> review on iTunes that mentions whether Patrick's on the podcast. But then podcast. you have to go check the reviews on iTunes. Just leave us reviews on <laughs> iTunes, positive reviews, and rate. Yeah. subscribe. If you want to send us uh, Tim Tams or uh, other delights, that's great, too. Yeah, snail mail. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, let's start out this week with the uh, all-new X-Factor number 14, written by Peter David. And I feel bad. I feel like we've jinxed Carmine D.G. and Domenico. Once again, not back for this issue. Pop Mon filling in very capably. But uh, Carmine, I feel like we put too much pressure on you. Uh, we're sorry. 12 issues in a row was incredible. Come back to us. Do more. But uh, look at this great cover by Chris Anka. Uh, it's a girl's day out with Polaris, Danger, and Scarlet Witch. Uh, Scarlet Witch, the guest star of this issue. A lot of fun. They go to like a Ren fair. Yep. Um, you've already got weird tensions between Polaris and Danger because Danger asks Polaris, very matter-of-factly, if she wants to have sex with her. It's amazing. Yeah. That's great. She's like, hey, I hear sex is a thing that people like exactly. to do. I want to know more about people. Yeah. Then Scarlet Witch wanders in and just says, hey, Lorna, we're sisters. We should go and have a day out. And Lorna's like, what are you talking about? We're not – we've never interacted. And Scarlet Witch is like, no, we really should. We totally should. So they go to this Renaissance fair. Uh, there's a side story going on with this girl and this guy, very high school drama. And throughout the whole day, it's just fun. It's a nice breezy issue of Peter David goodness, a lot of funny observations, little quips, a little morality lesson, the – they deal with something that's not a big supervillain. They just deal with an everyday problem, which is kind of cool. Love the Scarlet Witch and Belair stuff. Danger's there is a nice spoiler. And then the end of the issue, as you just thought, all right, this is kind of a cool fill-in issue. Then the last page just kind of swerves towards, whoa, big reveal. Yeah. Big reveal, literally in the last panel. Very cool. Yeah. Spit take. Over to all-new X-Men number 32 by Brian Michael Bendis and art by Mahmoud Aswar. And uh, there's 
crazy stuff's going on because our time-displaced uh, young X-Men are now universe-displaced and time-displaced. Uh, they are in the Ultimate Universe, and we we see in this issue, we start to see who's um, lost and who's where and what that all means. Uh, we've got Angel and X-23 and Jean Grey and Iceman and Beast uh, thrown into the Ultimate Universe and dealing with um, sort of the culture shock of that. You know, somebody's in Latveria, somebody meets up with uh, Miles Morales, we get to see some Amadeus Cho, uh, we get, you know, sports ball and some crazy stuff, and it's it's a riot, it's a lot of fun, it's um, it's a great issue. I'm, I'm excited because I love these little crossovers. Avengers number 35, time runs out, it's finally here. I've been eagerly anticipating this. Uh, basically, from issue 34, Jonathan Hickman, writer, jumps eight months into the future. And this is legit, because in eight months, something really big is going to be happening, uh, obviously, because the Avengers are kind of cresting to a huge, crazy story here. So we see what is happening eight months from now, and this is where we're going to be living for the next couple issues in this. It's not even like... I hesitate to even say the future because it's not like the far-flung decades, centuries later But by future. definition, it is the future. It is the future. It's just not the far-flung future. It is the closely-flung future where we see um, the war between Captain America and Iron Man uh, or more broadly the Illuminati and the Avengers that we saw kind of percolating during the original Sin tie-ins has now sprung into a full-blown thing. The Avengers have fractured. We check in on various members here. We see Ex Nihilo and Abyss for the first time, I believe, since Infinity. Uh, we see Amadeus Cho again, but this time in the Marvel Universe on the run um, from S.H.I.E.L.D. Why? Don't want to reveal too much. I'm going to dance kind of lightly here. Some great stuff with uh, Thor and Hyperion, which I really enjoyed. Hyperion, especially after that spotlight issue, really coming into his own. Very strange alliance here. Uh, Starbrand and a Nightmask, whose Nightmask has gone through some changes. They are encountering someone we didn't think we'd see. But for me, the highlight of the issue is on the Shi'ar world, Cannonball and Smasher are living there. I don't want to spoil the big reason why they are not active right now. <laughs> I think it's pretty great. Um, but Sunspot and uh, Sunspot and Manifold uh come to the Shi'ar homeworld and say, hey, we need you for something. Um, I just love the importance given to Cannonball and Sunspot, how their big thing about this whole issue is, like, Cap's not here, Iron Man's not here, Thor's not here. The big Avengers are have clearly become somewhat distracted by their own issues, and it's the younger Avengers, Sunspot, Cannonball, Manifold, um, Smasher to some degree, they're the ones who are like, you know what, we gotta we gotta take care of some business. And I just love this characterization of them. Uh, All star art team. We've got four artists here. It's Jim Chung, Paco Medina, Nick Bradshaw, and Dustin Weaver, all contributing, all doing different parts. Um, don't really understand everything that's going on here yet. We just get the pieces, and we've got to start pulling them together because in eight months, time runs out. Yeah, you're going to want to read this book. Yeah, you're going to want to read it. Obviously, uh, this and New Avengers coming up, basically they're eight months in the future, and by the time, in real time, in eight months we get there, uh, time runs out. It's yeah. going to be crazy. Yeah. All right, over to Avengers World, number 13, written by Nick Spencer, art by Raphael Ianco. Um, like 
80% of this issue is about the um, about Spear, the Chinese, you know, super agency that's like uh, Shield and their super team, the Ascendant, and it's fantastic. Yeah. I love these characters. I love you know this part of the world that we're building. Um, I want to see tons more. Some really cool uh, backstory about them and who they are and what they all mean. Uh, the leader is Weather Witch. Uh, they talk about her previous team. Is that it's called the Dynasty? And here's what I think it might be, but I'm not 100 percent on this. I remember there was like a Chinese, I believe a Chinese team in Matt Fraction's Invincible Iron Man, but I'm not sure this mm. is them or not. This might be a completely new thing. Well, I think this is a new thing, but right. I, I'm curious if she was. No, no, I'm saying the was... Dynasty. Oh, oh, I'm not okay. talking about the Ascendant. Right. I'm talking about uh, the Dynasty. Gotcha. But she could be a completely new character. Yeah. Um, but we've, you know, super fun stuff. We've got. Uh, the Monkey King, who is... Love the Monkey... The Handsome Monkey King. Handsome Monkey King is, like, the best character. Great character. Uh, super fun. I don't understand uh, everything, you know, all his powers, because he's like, I'm going to wrestle lightning and yeah. wear it as a belt. And, yep. hey, look at you, little dragon. I'm going to toss you around. Now go to sleep. And yep. it's, he's terrific. And, it, you know, like, all the, the, the stories of the Monkey King and myths and legends and stuff like that is being very mischievous yeah. and, you know, super powerful and ancient and awesome very very cool and there was a huge moment at the end which i was like i was on the train and i was like yes popped hard for that one love that uh avengers world is just world building right now exactly what the book says the last issue we met the european heroes this time we meet the chinese heroes getting a lot of cool new characters who we can do stuff with yeah all right over to daredevil number eight uh totally different tone from a previous book and from previous issues here it turns into you know, it's got its usual moments of, you know, Matt being sort of whimsical or dealing with some problems and, you know, a lot of Matt stuff. But it's a Purple Man story. Yep. And if you know anything about the Purple Man, he's a horrible excuse for a human being. A terrific villain has done dastardly things, awful, awful things. And you get to see, to some extent, um, some of his other things we've never seen sort of come to light with him. I'm trying to be very vague about this because I think there's a lot of really cool reveals in this issue, uh, but it's very dark and twisted, and it's like it's a horror yeah. book. It's really, really good. The thing about Purple Man is he was always kind of a B or C-list villain, and then Bendis reinvented him for uh, Alias, and then I like that Mark Wade, and since then people have been kind of like, oh, Purple Man's cool now, we should use Purple Man. Mark Wade finds a way to re-reinvent him yeah. and come up with a different way, which is a lot of what Daryl is about. And like you said, the whole, the whole Matt Murdock part of the story is him meeting Kirsten McDuffie's dad. It's very, you know, personal soap opera stuff, and, you know, it's fun and light, and then all the Purple Man stuff is just dark and creepy. And uh, credit to Matt Wilson, the new artist who came on board this issue, replacing Javier... Uh, Rodriguez, which is a big, big shoes to fill, did a good job keeping up the consistency. Yeah. Uh, Chris Somney tweeted me this weekend when I, I showed a picture of all the books I was reading. He tweeted me saying to read that book um, under the covers with a flashlight. <laughs> and he was correct. It's really scary, but also really fun and really well done. Yeah. Dark Tower, drawing of three, prisoner, number two, long title. I'm going to say that right there. Uh, continuing the Dark Tower saga, written by Peter David and Robin Firth, art by Piotr Kowalski, following the origin story of Eddie Dean, major character from the Dark Tower. Um, Deadpool biannual number one. Okay. Wow. Uh, we knew this was coming. 
co-written by Paul Shear and Nick Giovanetti, art by Salva Espin. Uh, the Return of Brute Force. Brute Force, these 90s characters who are animals, who can turn into vehicles, who have battle armor, who are the most 90s of all 90s characters. And there, there's only been one comic, right? I think so. I think they had like a miniseries or something. Basically created to be a licensing creation. And Paul and Nick just have a freaking ball with this whole concept. Uh, everything about I, I love this issue. I love everything about this. I love the way they have all these winks and nods, not just to that, to all these great inside jokes about Deadpool not having his usual writing team and being uncomfortable, but they nail his voice so perfectly and it just moves so quickly. And then the whole plot is, it's kind of serious because it's, uh, it's basically an ecological thing where, you know, Deadpool's hired by these guys from uh, Waterworld, fictional water, water park to, uh, take out brute force who are trying to free all these animals and Deadpool's like, okay. And then he eventually finds out what's going on and there's stuff with Colson, but man, they just make brute force so fun. It's so crazy. I was like, I want a brute force book right now by these guys. Yeah. All the jokes and all the action and the fact that, you know, they, they flat out, I don't know. Some of the in-jokes with Deadpool here are great. It doesn't feel like two guys from comedy coming in writing a comic. It feels like two hardcore comics fans who also happen to be really clever writers. Well, would, I, mean, I know Paul loves comics. Yeah, so. like crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't know Nick. I'm not familiar with his work. So No, but man, just like these, these characters are so funny. There's a Top Gun joke. And oh, yeah. Just Deadpool himself in this issue is great. Just his speeches and his dialogue and everything and these these like montages they have um (laughs) just this i've made a huge mistake moment (laughs) come on man and uh and this one where he's like hey it's deadpool colson gets a great scene here yeah there's even a great editor's note from jordan white who's you know not a great editor but you know i guess he has his moments uh wow I could go on and on. Yeah. This is a funny surprise. The crap out of this me. is just yeah. This is fun. It's gross. Uh, a lot of graphic violence. So that's why Salva Espin's drawing it because he's basically the you know go-to guy for drawing violent Deadpool comics. But man, just hilarious. Yeah. And what an ending. And Super. Just everything. Yeah. More of this, please. Yeah. Seriously, I want Paul and Nick to write tons yep. more books for us. Uh, also, check out Paul's podcast, How Did This Get Made? Because that is hilarious. Yes. If you've not listened to it, not. you should give it I've a heard, whirl. I've heard a lot about it. I, I will give it a whirl. I give it a I whirl. Will. I'll give it a whirl. Uh, it's it's great. I haven't gotten to the No Holds Barred episode. What? That's com- oh, oh, yeah. no. Oh, oh yeah. You're they do a bunch me. of uh, you know, superhero movies and everything. All anyway, right. All right. Uh, very exciting. Keep, let's keep going. Yeah. This is too much. Momentum. Edge of Spider-Verse, number two. Another Talking about one. awesome, great books this week. We've got uh, this one, this is the story of Gwen Stacy, Spider Woman, this alternate reality, you know, thing that we're doing. Uh, written by Jason Latour, art by Robbie Rodriguez. It is fan freaking tastic. Really, really good. Uh, it's you know, it's just take the the Spider Man, you know, core concept, turn it on its ear. You know, Gwen Stacy gets bitten by the spider and then pff, off and running, and it's. Very contemporary, very fun, very exciting. Whole, you know, a lot of familiar stuff, but in in a brand new way. And man, I just, I was so excited by this. And 
I really, really hope that we get more of this mm. character and more of this world because I would, I would spend money on this. Well, I like how they, um, even though we dive right into her story, they have a nice. It just takes two pages, but they do it really cleanly and really nicely, just kind of showing her her story up to this point. Like yeah. they show like the major hits of her career. So by the time you get to page three, you're like, okay, I I have a sense here. Yep. There's not a mystery here. Nope. I, yeah, seriously, I would love to see this character's gonna be in Spider-Verse, which is great. So we already know we have more appearances coming up. But yeah, man. Gwen Stacy, great character, obviously most known for dying. So kind of cool to see a spotlight on her being alive. I would love to see her make it through Spider-Verse. Electra number six, written by Hayden Blackman. Guest art for this two-part tale by Alex Sanchez. Electra and her posse are on the run. The Assassin's Guild is out to get them. And the Assassin's Guild, I like to make a joke here about them not being basically the characters from Gambit anymore. <laughs> um, it now consists of like every Assassin character in the Marvel Universe. And Alex Sanchez keeps up the Mike Del Mundo tradition of these great two-page splashes uh, telling the story. You can see lots of mercs coming after Elektra, get to know the crew a little more, some kind of gross stuff with Lady Bullseye. They fight the Serpent Squad, and then uh, there's a shocking moment at the end. The last two pages are pretty harsh if you've been enjoying this book so far for one of the characters, and a new threat emerges who may actually be up to taking Electra out. No easy feat. Mm-hmm. Hulk number six. The Omega Hulk story continues. Jerry Duggan writes. Mark Bagley draws. This is a big old fight issue. It is Hulk. Doc Green doesn't want to be called Hulk. Doesn't want to be called Banner. Against A-Bomb, Rick Jones. They are physically going at it, punching each other really hard, hitting each other with stuff, which, hey, Mark Bagley's really good at drawing all that. So that was a great that's issue. That's nice. Um, but... While they're fighting, they're also debating philosophy, basically. Like, what gives you the right to... Because Hulk wants to take away A-Bomb's powers. He wants to take away all the other Hulk's powers. I mean, he makes a good argument, too. He's they like, both do. You know, you know, what happens if this yep. happens to you or that happens to you and you're this incredibly powerful thing, mm-hmm. blah, 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 it's on me. Right. But at the same time, you know... He looks at this and says, you know, why Why do you get to decide this? Why do you get to keep your powers? Yeah. You know, you're the most dangerous one of us all. So... It's you get to see both sides, um, yeah. Just just a beautiful balancing job, <laughs> giant Modoc face. Uh, beautiful balancing job by Jerry and Mark of a big action issue that also has some really you know kind of heavy think about it stuff. So you get to think about it and you enjoy it. You get to have your cake and eat it too. And this this showdown that's headed is obviously the one we're waiting for. But I like that this story is kind of pacing. So we're this was like the really the most preliminary of bouts because A Bomb is the least experienced other Hulk. So this is a good kind of you know kick it off. Nice little opening match. Nice little uh, you know Liger Pillman type deal. Um, and then we get to we get to roll from there. Did you watch there. the first Nitro recently? No, no. But I know that they're the first episode, the first night. No, they're just it's a classic opening match. Yes. So, you know, uh, there you go. Uh, but I, I also like that Jerry's, like, he sneaks in the jokes here and there. And he's mm-hmm. like, like, there's a part where, where Doc Green says something. He's like, come on, that was funny. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's. It's like, the, yeah, why aren't thing, you guys laughing at me? The thing with the big villain near the end, I was like, this is great. I love, yeah. you know, Jerry's able to balance a whole lot with it. Well, yeah, I do like the Doc Green's like, why aren't you laughing at my jokes? And you're like, you're a giant Hulk monster. Yeah. Why would we be laughing at anything you're saying? We're all terrified. <laughs> All right, on to our second of three 
Hulk books this week. We've got Hulk, Hulk Annual, number one, written by Monty Nero, uh, with art by uh, Luke Ross and Patrick Godard. You no, know, I'd write it on the sheet for Mark you, Laming. so you don't have to read through this. Oh, yeah, Patrick right Godard, there. Luke it's Ross, right and Mark Laming. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Do this for a reason. Yeah, I guess. And uh, so this is cool because it ties into things that have been going on in the in the main Hulk book. Yeah, actually, I had to go back because in the main Hulk issue, there's a throwaway line that refers to here. Yeah. Um, which I did was like, oh, that's weird. And then I read the Hulk annual. I was like, oh, that's where she went. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, one of uh, Doc Green's assistants takes off, and you see what happened. You get a whole sense of her backstory, uh, the things that she's been dealing with, and what happens when she sort of gets out, gets away uh, from the work she was doing before. Uh, all kinds of crazy stuff, big ideas. It's cool, um, you know, Doc Green approaching this problem differently than Banner or Hulk would have. And uh, cool resolution. And uh, I'm glad how it, I'm, I'm, I like how it ended because yeah. it, you know, it could have gone one way, it could have gone another. Um, where it is, is leaves a, a bunch of doors open, which I dig. Uh, Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man number five, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by David Marquez. And I think this is a very under the radar book. I don't think I don't think because the Ultimate Universe has kind of compressed to the point where there's only a couple books now. We don't talk enough about Miles Morales. This is a really good, solid, so good. month in, month out book. Just Friggin', wanted to put oh. that out there. Writing yes. and art is just. I think it has been for a long time. Yes, like even before this volume. And even before Miles, to be honest, I think Ultimate Spider-Man is one yeah. of our most consistent. I remember, just great you know, books. like when we were at Wizard, there was a point where people were like, "Oh, Ultimate Spider-Man, it's mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's hit or miss." And, but like, it ramped up yep. towards you know, as it was reaching 100, and has never slowed down. I, I agree. I think yeah. it's just it's I, we take it for granted because it's always good. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, guys. Yes. And girls. Yes. Whoever's involved. <laughs> anyway, uh, big stuff happened in the last issue where. Uh, Two Spider-Men, seemingly back <laughs> alive, Peter Parker and Miles, were dealing with the Green Goblin. He went away. Uh, the cops show up, and of course things go haywire, but we get to see uh, Maria Hill in a really cool position here. And then um, craziness happens with J. Jonah Jameson and the Green Goblin, and um, then uh, you, know, you flip over, there's this other subplot with these two guys in these, these tech suits who are robbing and stealing. We get to finally see... Uh, a little bit more about them, mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure that's going to come to a head, and it's going to tie into everything. But the last two pages of this book, each one takes a, is looking at a different yeah. part of the story, and both of them, I was like, oh my god, my god, oh my god, so good. Nova number twenty one. First of all, let's talk about this cover by J.G. Jones. Phenomenal. Nova sitting out in space somewhere having burger and fries, and a uh, soda has nothing to do with the story at all. Don't I care. It would be very cold up in space. I'm very just saying cold. that. He's kind of, well, the thing about the Nova helmet and the space is it regulates your body temperature. But it, does okay. it regulate the French fries? They should be frozen. You're right. But sometimes frozen French fries are delicious. You're weird, Maybe not that frozen. Weird person. I don't know. Whatever. They're cold. They're good. Anyways, great cover. Uh, doesn't need to have anything to do with the issue. Uh, this... This story is called Moving Day. It's written by Jerry Duggan, art by David Valdeon. Sam Alexander is helping his family to move, but in between, he is blasting off into the homeworld of the Shatari to look for his dad. He fights a bunch of Shatari. Again, just as we talked about with Jerry and Hulk, nice balance between big, crazy action stuff and funny jokes. Uh, 
Sam actually gets to, you know what, I feel like we see Sam outmatched a lot of times, so it's kind of cool to see him get to kind of kick the crap out of the Chitauri and really show what he can do and kind of be like, you know what, I'm getting good at this, I've learned where I am. Gets another clue to where his dad is at, nice little parallel father-son moments. Um, we get to see where his dad is at, so that is going to continue. Finally has a big conversation with his mom and then heads to school and something terrible happens. Uh, just when it seemed like they, Sam seems to finally like be pulling stuff together. He's getting good at being Nova. He's, he's got things good with his family. But then the school thing is, of course, in classic Marvel teen hero fashion. Just the one thing you need to deal with. And I'm going to, once again, I think I did it last month, but David Baldion. Leaps mm. and bounds, mm. man. Leaps and bounds. The whole art team here. David Baldion, Terry Pallet on inks, David Curiel on colors. Just a good looking book. Just very, very pretty, very uh, bold, and just the way I want an action book to look. And Nova looks like no other hero in the Marvel or any other universe, the way he's drawn as kind of a teenage hero. He does not look like just a prototypical adult, just younger. Great job by these guys. Great job all around. Yeah. All right, over to Original Sin, Thor and Loki number five by Al Ewing and Jason Aaron, Simone Bianchi, and Lee Garbe. And uh, this wraps up the big storyline where, you know, spoiler alert, uh, Angela is actually Odin's daughter. Yeah. Uh, has been, well, we get to see the origin here. Um, I won't spoil any more than that. Just, you know, it's a cool way that they wrap this up. Uh, Odin comes out of his cabin in the woods yep. uh, and is like, I'm ready to go to war. I'm going to fight those stupid angels. I'm going to punch them in their faces and tear it all down. And there's uh, and as an aside, also they let the serpent out, which I yeah, like that, I that like, Loki addresses it as a little like, aside. Uncle Cole says hi. Yeah. And by the like, way, he's out doing whatever. Yeah, he's he's gonna do his thing. <laughs> Remember uh, that whole fear itself deal. Yeah, he's he's around. Um, but we deal with the repercussions of all these revelations. Uh, Odin's like, "You're my daughter. Come back. Hang out with us." And and she's like, "You're a horrible person, and I've been." raised my whole life to hate you yeah hell no and um thor and loki reconcile but we also got old loki who is mm. just so evil so evil so evil uh and it's a good you know it's a it's a point where we send angela off she's got a brand new book coming out and you know see what, what her adventures lead i to. like your hillbilly odin voice Hey, you're my daughter you're my daughter you better come home to asgard by, by odin's beard you're gonna as long as you live under my roof, you are not gonna wear that scandalous outfit. Slapnir, we gotta go to Muspelheim. Take us, Slapnir. So tremendous. Uh, you know that's great. If studios needs me to do any voice acting or no. even be Odin in a future film, I've got it. No. Hillbilly, Hillbilly Serpent. You could play the Hillbilly. That, they could do it, go a different route with Serpent in the yeah. cinematic universe. He yeah. could just be the you know forgotten Hillbilly brother. Yes. Fear itself, y'all. I'm going to turn into a giant serpent. I'm going to kill you, Thor. Savage Hulk, number four, <laughs> written and drawn by Alan Davis with the aid of Mark Farmer and Matt Hollingsworth. Wrapping up the Man Within story, the leader has captured Banner as well as the original X-Men. This story takes place way back in time. You get to see the leader's original robots. You get to see the X-Men working in tandem. You can see a crazy out-of-control Hulk who has... Uh, Jean Grey's telekinetic power. It's super scary. Uh, he looks like this drooling mongoloid ape creature. Alan Davis, I could watch him draw the phone book. Is that a thing? I know people read the phone book. Whatever, draw the phone book. Big fights, big crazy, 
X-Men have a nice moment with Charles Xavier. Um, cool splash page. Just, you know, exactly what you expect from Alan Davis writing and drawing a whole comic. It's big. It's crazy. It's wild. I, I just love looking at his art. I, like, I do. I just insane. get, like, entranced like, by it. I, I actually, ugh. I'll admit, like, when he draws something, I kind of glaze over the words. Then I'll go back and read them because yeah. I'm just staring I'm, at what he does. Like, his designs and everything he puts into those pages, it's incredible. Yeah. All right, back into the Spider-Verse state of mind. Another Edge of Spider-Verse tie-in, Superior Spider-Man number 33, written by Christos Gage, art by Giuseppe Camoncoli. Uh, the little Spider-Man squad that Superior Spider-Man has assembled, which also includes a robot Spider-Man, Spider-Man India, Sicktarm Spider-Man from What If, uh, Assassin Spider-Man also from What If, Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Girl from Old Man Logan, and Spider-Monkey. That was a surprise. Uh, they go and they fight this weird masked guy who I thought was Moreland, but guess what? He's not. Um, he has a surprising origin and uh, just a cool fight that shows how overwhelmed the spider characters are. They end up fighting more enemies. This guy is not the only one they have to deal with. They retreat to 2099 where Superior Spider-Man regroups a little bit and kind of decides what he needs to do. It, it kind of says why... He thinks he needs to handle this, and Peter Parker would not be able to gather some of his allies close. And then this backup story, also by Christos Cage, with art by Miguel Sepulveda, we get the origin of this new villain. Um, and I loved it. I love that there is a real, there's a different kind of threat here. Um, and it's a, it's a, this character is a little more understandable. Um, there's more to him. Really, this primed the pump for Spider-Verse so, really nicely. So good. Yeah? Yeah, I love that issue. I thought you liked my use of primed the pump. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I don't care Thor, God of Thunder, number 25. This is the tragic final issue of Jason Aaron's Thor, God of Thunder series, but let us not mourn for it hmm. because it's a beautiful issue. We've got three stories, uh, a story about Malekith and his origin, which was terrific, by R.M. R. Guerra, who uh, was Jason's um, artist partner on Scalped. Uh, terrific book there. Uh, we've got uh, Blood and Ice, a story drawn by... Or, painted, drawn... Whatever it is he does. Magic. Yeah, magic by Simon Bisley. 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 Bisley, which is terrific. I love seeing his art. Uh, and... Uh, the wraparound for the whole thing that's unworthy by Isad Rabik and Yusuf Zina, and that gives us our first look at Thor, the new Thor character who will mm. headline the new Thor, Thor book that's coming out. Just, just called Thor. Yeah, just calling her Thor, uh, but we get to see a sense of what's ahead for the book. That double page spread is what a way for Isad Rubik because he's he's done with Thor yeah. after this. What he, a way to wrap it up and send it off into the next chapter. Yeah, we've got uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Mangog. Mangog. We've got Ulick. Yep. We've got Loki looking all haggard. Is that Gladiator up in the I corner. I, I think it is. Out. Like some I crazy think it's stuff Gladiator. over the corner. We've got Hella. Yeah. Uh, we've got Enchantress. All the Thor big bads. We've got the rocks on jerk dude yeah like all the thor big bads are in here it, it really was a fitting end to what's been probably my favorite book of the last two years thor god of thunder yeah i would say gun to head um oh, I, yeah. have, I have i have loved this book oh Every bit of it. yeah uh and it's you know we've get to see you know our favorites like cranky old thor <laughs> and the uh thor's granddaughters and um, just so much cool stuff. Uh, I'm very excited for the new series, mm -hmm. and I think these 25 issues stand up 
real, well, it's probably like 26 or 7 Is with the point, point ones. ones? No, because I think this is one of those ones where the point ones were mixed in. They actually, I think it was 25. It was 25 no, I think we have like 13.1. I don't know. Whatever it is. Whatever. However many number it is, it is terrific. Yeah. And someday, if we are doing the podcast in five more years, I'm sure we will do uh, a Thor God of Thunder series oh, as for I sure. from URC pick. For sure. Show. Oh, uh, show. Five years from now. All right. From this podcast. From God of Thunder, we march to Axis with Uncanny... You like that, right? Yeah, that's great. Uncanny Avengers number 24, written by Rick Remender, art by Salvador La Roca, uh, and, you know, you've got super deformed, messed up Havoc dealing with just sadness. Yeah. Just... It's a bummer, man, and then he gets captured, and then you've got some interesting uh, conversation going on with Wolverine over here. I gotta say, every time Wolverine's in any book now, just mm-hmm. the weight of the fact that Death of Wolverine is going on, it just like... Oh, this is the last time he's gonna be talking to them. Yeah, realizing, like, this is the last conversation with Rogue, this coming up later is the last conversation with another character, like, yeah. it really adds to him, like, oh, wow, that's something. Yeah, and then uh, all that's going on, S-Men show up. Then there's this crazy Whoa. emotional scene. Yeah. Like that, there, there's a... There's also a crazy, gross visual. It, yeah, oh yeah. It's, one, it's, there's some disgustingness to it, but two, it's like a very, very heavy scene. Yeah. It's very sad for, for Rogue and the other characters that are involved in it. Um, we find out that Rogue, Scarlet Witch, and Havoc have been in prison. And if you're reading Magneto, which you damn well should mm. because that book is fantastic, you know that they're in prison in the same place. Things tie together. The S-Men and Red Skull and all this bad stuff that's happening is coming to a head. All these characters are in for uh, some bad stuff. I thought you were going to say for a treat. No, no treats. <laughs> no, treats. No, no, no treats for anyone. <laughs> Uncanny X-Men number 26 by Brian Michael Bendis. Beautiful art by Chris Anka, who is really, you know, stepping up to the plate big time. The X-Men have been given a task by Charles Xavier, the deceased Charles Xavier, to go off and corral this incredibly powerful, more than Omega-level mutant who uh, he has been keeping tabs on for years, and now that he's out of the picture, they need to go deal with it. Uh, they don't all agree... Because Cyclops is in the mix, he's got to be on the team. Everyone's got to him. Some of the one of the best Iceman scenes I've read, oh, maybe yeah. ever. Uh, Bobby Drake just going like, you know what? I am realizing how pissed off I am about how everything's gone, and I do feel like he's been kind of like treading water. He, you know, he gets a dig in at Cyclops now and again, but he just really lets loose. He's like, you know what? I'm an original X Man. I'm pissed about this. I am not happy that Charles Xavier's dead. I'm not happy that. Cyclops getting away from this and just like lets everyone have it. It made me just, I don't know, I loved it because I thought it was really uh, something you could feel. This new mutant is crazy. I just do not know what his powers are and it's crazy. Uh, Exodus is in this issue. Yeah, I was like, yo, my boy Exodus, what's yeah, up? Yeah. And then, oh, uh, it's not It's not a good issue for Exodus fans. No. Um, also, the kids are back at the Xavier School training, fighting Avengers. Simul crams. I love the I love the line where they say we should wait for the adults to get back, and uh, Hijack says I'm thirty. I, I, I am an adult by any. He goes adults. I'm thirty. He goes I'm thirty years old. It's great. <laughs> it's, just, it's great. And uh, yeah, this is really spooky. This this mutant is uh, screwing me out a little bit. Yeah. See what happens with him. I mean, he's like Proteus or yeah. Legion level of like if you if you think about the threats that the X Men have faced. Yeah. Like Proteus. Had to be killed because right. they couldn't. They couldn't there was, solve him. Yeah, there was no way to 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 get past that. Yeah, even Legion during uh, 
Muir Island saga, they had to basically like put him down, yeah. like to kill his brain. So yeah, can they get out of this? I don't know. Maybe They're not getting see. along right now. Yeah. So. Mm. All right, last book of the week is Wolverine and the X-Men number nine by Jason Latour and Jorge Fordernes. Uh, we, you know, it, it, this really looks at two of the, the main characters for Wolverine and the X-Men. It's, the two, I would say the two main characters. Yeah, Wolverine and Quentin Quire. Wolverine goes to the Hellfire Club, which is now funded by the Phoenix Corporation or, like, you know, endorsed by, I don't know, tied to the Phoenix Corporation. He goes to, to basically have a talk with Quentin Quire. And I like that this didn't go, it didn't, the resolution wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It was... At all. It, yeah, I was like, okay, cool, that's, that's good. I mean, it, it seems like a very realistic way that these two characters would have come to their to to the end of what is probably going to be their relationship because Wolverine Wolverine's dying. Yeah. Again though, yeah, very heavy. Yeah. All right. Wow, that was you know what, it's one isn't quite as many books this week as always, but a lot of good books. Yeah. It was like a 20 lot book, of good 20 books. books. Uh what do you got? <sighs> you know, it's really tough. My I I will say that Thor God of Thunder, Superior Spider-Man, uh, and Deadpool biannual would have probably taken the cake mm -hmm. in any week. But for me, Edge of Spider-Verse number two mm -hmm. gets my pick. I will also throw Daredevil into that mix. Yep. Daredevil is excellent. Yep. I am going to go, uh, and I didn't know what I was going to go with until we read them back, which is how I've been trying to do it. Deadpool biannual, which I hope will someday be known as Brute Force number zero. Yes. Or number point one, whatever ridiculous. I believe. I believe in this. So, a lot of good books for you guys to check out so this good. week. Also on sale, Collections, Avengers Volume 4, Infinity, Indestructible Hulk Volume 3, Smash Time, Submariner and the Original Human Torch. There's a weird one. Um, obviously, tying in with Invaders. I don't know what's in that collection. I'm going to go give it a look. Pizza. Lots of pizza. Ultimate Comic Spider-Man by Brian Michael Bendis, Volume 5. We were just talking about this, obviously. Uncanny Avengers Volume 3, Ragnarok Now. Uncanny X-Men Volume 4 versus S.H.I.E.L.D. That's a hardcover. Everything else is in trade. And this one I'm excited for. I told you this. X-Men The Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix. Some 90s goodness when our X-Men were good and convoluted and alternate futures and Cable and Dayspring and everything. I don't even know how to wrap my head around this book. I'm so excited to yeah. read it. It's intense. Uh, digital Comics on the app this week. Everything we talked about except Dark Tower. That's not on the app. Ooh. So okay. pointing that out there, guys. Very good. Uh, also on sale on the app, we've got The Adventures of Cyclops and there Phoenix 1 through 4. So if you want to dabble in the digital, go for it. Uh, Avengers 124, 126 through 140, 145 through 146, and 150 through 151, as well as X-Men Phoenix 1 through 3, which yep. I assume is also in that. It's collection. a Rachel Summers spotlight book. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's in the collection. But if you don't want to buy the singles, you yeah. can buy the collection of X-Men, The Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix. Uh, we've also got on the app New Mutants Volume 7, Fight the Future, Runaways Volume 11, Homeschooling, Uncanny X-Men Volume 4 versus The Shield. Uh, it's actually versus Shield. Versus Shield. Yeah, versus not the shield, the shield. The Shield disbanded. Yeah, it's a tragic. Mm. Uh, also Uncanny X-Men Volume 4, The Draco. Well, Uncanny X-Men Volume 4 versus S.H.I.E.L.D. is Uncanny X-Men, the current volume, but that's the, that's from the Chuck Austin run. Oh. Draco. The Draco is actually the debut of... Uh, Draco Malfoy? Yeah, that was his first appearance. Okay. No, it's, uh, it's, uh, what's, what's his, what's his face? 
Um, Snape. He's a movie star. Uh, Dumbledore. Nightcrawler's dad. Azazel. <laughs> the big debut of Azazel. McGonagall. Star of the silver screen. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. X Factor Volume 17, The Road to Redemption, and X-Men Masterworks Volume 6. Freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited this week. All new Invaders number three. Avengers World number four. Daredevil number one. Current series. Mm. Boom. Iron Man number 23. Marvel Knights Hulk number four. Miss Marvel number two. New Avengers number 15. Nova number 15. Revolutionary War Warheads number one. Superior Foes of Spider-Man number 10. Superior Spider-Man Annual number two. The War God of Thunder number 20. X-Force number two. And ooh, X-Men Legacy 300. Love that one. Yeah, I also had a conversation with uh, some folks. I think we're getting to the point where um, a lot of the main books, their gaps are totally filled. Done. It's uh, so we'll be going back to the well for other older books in time. Yeah, probably won't be right away, but you got fifteen thousand books. There's yeah. no way you'll have read all fifteen thousand anytime soon. No way. No, no, no way. Possible, conceivable way. Yeah. But it's time for news. Ben, what do we got? In the world of comics, we just announced last week, Jim Starlin is going to be writing and drawing Thanos versus Hulk. It's going to feature a whole bunch of characters all fighting. Hulk's going to fight a bunch of guys. Uh, Pip the Troll's in there. I think Adam Warlock's probably in there because he usually is. Um, lots of stuff going on. I love Jim Starlin's stuff. I'm, I'm making a joke, but seriously. I hope, what's our one. what's our boy, the the Judge Judge Krator? Judge Krator. Yeah, I hope Judge Krator's in there. Like just auto, in the background, we're like, hey, guys. Hey, guys, still here. Yeah. yeah. I love uh, that guy. I love Judge Krator. Uh, Spider-Man the X-Men, new ongoing series written by Elliot Kalin, the head writer on The Daily Show. That's going to replace Wolverine and the X-Men beginning this December. He spoke to us on Marvel.com. Savage Hulk wrapped up its first arc this week. Its next arc is going to be by the team of Karina Becco and Gabriel Hardman. Uh, we spoke to them. Yeah, Gabe Hardman. Yeah, it's, looks good. We've got some preview pages out there. It's going to be a Hulk-Doctor Strange team-up uh, from right around the time Doctor Strange sent Hulk to the crossroads back in the day, the 80s, the 80s. So good one there. Uh, Gabe and Karina both spoke to Tim O'Shea about that. That's what the uh, the Britney Spears movie is based yeah, on, right? Sure. Crossroads. Sure. I've seen it. I, I know you have. Shocker, right? Uh, one of my favorite pieces this week, uh, Marvel 75th anniversary, Kyle Fegley, our boy, talked to Brian Michael Bendis and John Romita Jr. about Frank Miller's Daredevil. A lot of cool insight there. Bendis from the perspective of this is what influenced me. Uh, John Romita talking a lot about Man Without Fear and his working process on there, saying some really cool stuff. So you've probably, you know, read a million things about Frank Miller's Daredevil, but these are two guys who were greatly impacted or who are there. 30 Days of Axis continues every day. It's a character or a piece of dialogue or a panel. Uh, Rick Remender talks about Sabretooth over the weekend. We showed some new panels featuring the Odin Sun, featuring a Quinjet getting messed up. Uh, Rick's got stuff to say about Loki this week. Casey Missy talked about Scarlet Witch last week. Some dialogue teasers, all good stuff. Flipping to video games, so much Disney Infinity that I probably should have written down everything because <laughs> there's a lot of it. Uh, but we released all of our Spider-Man playset spotlight trailers last week. That means we got trailers for Spider-Man, for Venom, for Nick Fury, for Nova, and for Iron Fist. You can view them individually. You can view them all in one 
giant collection. It's all on Marvel's YouTube page as well as marvel.com. Also, by this point, two podcasts have gone up of your interviews from the Toy Box Summit, Creativicon. Uh, so John Vignocci and a bunch of other people spoke to you about that. John also talked to Matt Cabral about the Guardians of the Galaxy playset. We'll be rolling out Guardians of the Galaxy videos this week. And we have videos from you and Blake's trip that will be coming along. It's like this game is a big deal. This game is a huge deal. And it's coming out in less than a week. 23rd. Yeah. Before we speak to you next, Disney Infinity Marvel Superheroes 2.0 Edition will be on sale. 2.0 Edition is in parentheses, by the way. I don't know how to say it out loud. <laughs> But that's not all in games. Spider-Man Unlimited came out last week. You can do it. You played it, right? Oh, yeah. How was it? Hard. Oh, uh, because, okay. Because I don't have the same super fast Twitch reactions that uh, I did when yes. I was younger. Yes. It's, you it's know, an infinite runner. It's an infinite runner. So if you play a game similar to like Temple Run, you get a, some of the idea, but we do a lot of really cool twists and, and updates to it. So there's swinging. There's a lot of battling. Mm. Um, and it, it's if you're reading Spider-Verse, there's a lot of... Um, similarities in, in tone and, and yeah. flavor and some things that you're going to be doing in the game. Uh, I have Mangoverse Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. I have uh, like battle battle damage Spider-Man. Yep. Uh, I have regular Spider-Man so far. Uh, but you can level up your characters and make them better and you have to fight all the different goblins. and um, It's it's really good, but it's it's tough. I, maybe I was just tired and I was playing <laughs> it in bed. I'm like, I'm so bad at yeah. this. Make, a lot, make excuses for yourself. Yeah. It's great. But it's super cool and it's free. Yep, it's free. Check it out. Android, a... iOS, I think also Windows, maybe? Mm, I, I think don't know. so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's everywhere. But go to the Spider-Man Unlimited hub page on our game section. Got all the information there and a lot of cool videos and images and all sorts of stuff. Marvel.com slash games. There you go. Um, one of the biggest things coming out of San Diego, I remember games-wise, was everyone wanted to know what the heck Contest of Champions was. I was supposed to debut a Gamora image yesterday. Oh, were you? Yeah. Nice job. Yeah. We're going to debut it this week. I'm, so I'm supposed to when I get out of this. Probably should do it. So, all right. It'll be up. Uh, this Gamora image will be up. And we'll it's super cool. It's really cool. Uh, but also, last week, we showed a fly-through video of the kiln. Uh, we have a couple fly-through videos coming up. But it's really just this badass. Graphics look amazing. It's going to be a fighting game. Plays Gamora, obviously, and uh, other characters who we will reveal. But we're starting to actually show some stuff from that. So stay tuned on that one. Finally, last week, Marvel Puzzle Quest added Colossus to the game, and Ben Chabala had one of his freewheeling hippie chats with the people over there. He's a freewheeling hippie. hippie. Such but, a hippie. But he writes some neat stuff. He spoke to the people at uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest about Colossus and how he figures into the game. Yeah. Coming up on the one-year anniversary of Marvel Puzzle Quest, and we will be talking to them about that. Hot dog. That's all I got. Cool. Uh, there's all kinds of other stuff going on. Shields next week. Uh, Cap is out now on the Blu-rays. Um, I I can't remember what is public knowledge and what is in my brain, so I'm not going to say anything more. I'm going to kick it over to Stromy. Hello there this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... Assistance editor Patrick Cavanaugh. For another thrilling installment of the Stromy and the Wolfman show. And despite the fact that I am currently sick... Patrick still somehow manages to sound less enthused than I do. That's because I just realized I've got coffee on my shirt. Okay, well, now we know that Patrick is messy. Well, it's a white shirt, so... Okay, we're going to talk about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. 
because Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., of course, has its second season premiere this upcoming Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 Central. It's new time, so make well, note not of a, that. Well, it's not a new time in the grand scheme of things. Like, there's been a 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time All right. for quite some time, but you are correct in that the program will be airing at a new time. Okay, anyway, so, yes... New time, new season, tons of exciting stuff. Of course, we've got some great new cast members. Lucy Lawless as Isabel Hartley, uh, Nick Blood as Lance Hunter. We've got the debut of Crusher Creel, played by Brian Patrick Wade. We've got Adrian Pazdar returning as now Brigadier General Glenn Talbot. He got a little bit of a promotion over Colonel. Um, yeah, and tons of other great stuff coming up. To celebrate, we've been running interviews every day with the cast members. We've already run interviews with uh, Ming-Na Wen and with Nick Blood. We will be running interviews today with Chloe Bennett and BJ Britt. We've got interviews coming up with Ian DeCastiker, Elizabeth Henstridge, Lucy Lawless, Henry Simmons, Brett Dalton, and Clark Gregg all before the season premiere next Tuesday. We showed off a new group shot of the entire cast, the nine agents themselves, that you can check out right now on marvel.com. We ran some exclusive new images from the season premiere, and you can catch the first extended clip. This is a full two-ish minute long clip on iTunes right now for free, and will also be hosting it on Marvel.com and our YouTube channel this weekend. So pay attention for all of that. And jumping back in time a little bit to Marvel's Agent Carter, because, you know, it takes place in 1946. So I'm explaining this to Patrick. Anyway, we announced some exciting new casting news for that series, which is coming in 2015. James Darcy will be playing Edwin Jarvis. That name sounds familiar. Yes, it is the Edwin Jarvis. In the comics, of course, he's the Avengers butler and Tony Stark's butler. In this series, he will be Howard Stark's butler and an unlikely ally for Agent Carter. So, you can look forward to that classic Marvel character making their live-action debut in, uh, in 2015. Other casting news, we announced that Scott Glenn will be playing Stick in Marvel's Daredevil, also coming in 2015, which makes me very excited. I don't know. You're Because you're a big Scott Glenn fan. Well, I just, he's kind of Stick. Like, he, like when I think Stick, like, Scott Glenn is who I think of, so then they actually get Scott Glenn to play Stick, and I'm like... I don't know. Anyway, it excites me. I'm very excited about this series. It's shaping up really well. The casting so far has been incredible. I think you all will like it a lot. Of course, we'll still have a little bit of time to wait for that. But in the more immediate future, we've got an all-new episode of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man this weekend that Patrick can tell you about. Yeah, we certainly do. We've got uh, a new episode that's going to be premiering this Sunday on Disney XD. It will be at 9 a.m. Make sure to tune in to check that out. You'll see uh, from a a clip that we've already posted, you'll see the debut of Iron Spider. So that's pretty cool that Iron Spider is going to be in the show. Also later this week, keep your eyes on marvel.com and 
you'll get to read another introduction of a new character. You'll get to read a little bit more about Amadeus Cho, who's going to be making his premiere this Sunday. Uh, so stay, stay tuned to Marvel.com to learn more about Amadeus Cho to I'm, prepare yourself. I'm super excited that Amadeus Cho is in this series. Incidentally. Well, you don't need to read more about Amadeus Cho on Marvel.com because you no, just, are so well-versed in Amadeus Cho. I, I'm just saying, did you ever read the Incredible Hercules series? The Incredible Hercules, yeah. You did? I loved uh, his his pup, his coyote pup uh, that Amadeus... What is his name, Kirby? Kirby. Yes. Indeed. I uh, wonder where the name Kirby came from. If anyone is interested in learning more about Amadeus Cho, just pick up Greg Pak and Fred Van Lente's fantastic Incredible Hercules series. Um, it's one of my personal favorites. Amadeus is the what smartest person on the planet? Seventh. He is the seventh. That, is, that was a pop quiz. That makes Mark the eighth smartest person <laughs> because he knew that one trivia question. Uh, wrapping things up, we also released the official synopsis for Marvel's Avengers Age of Ultron this week. Of course, that's in theaters May 1st, 2015, so again, a little ways off, but you can find out a little bit more about just how uh, Ultron comes to be and uh, what role Tony Stark plays in everything. But speaking of Avengers, you definitely want to make sure to stay tuned to Marvel.com because we've got Marvel's Avengers Assemble premiering on Disney XD on the 28th, September 28th, and we'll be rolling out all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, gearing up for that. So make sure, again, to keep your eyes out on Marvel.com for what we have in store. Thank, thank you for that thrilling installment of Next Week in Marvel. I'm just, I'm just saying, I know some people like to binge listen to six months at a time of This Week in Marvel. So to everyone in the future, I hope everything's going well. I hope I'm still there. I don't know when you're listening to this. Feel free to get in touch with me to let me know how the future is. Oh, what's this? There's one of those weird hook things coming from off stage and it's pulling Patrick away. Uh, that's all we got for you this week, folks. Wish you a splendiferous weekend, a splendiferous-er week. Uh, we thank you for listening and we'll chat with you again in seven more days. Okay, thank you, Strami, and possibly also Patrick. Uh, maybe we'll see. Please again, tweet us, let review us, us, let us know if Patrick's on the podcast. Time, Do you know who Patrick is? <laughs> time for this week in Marvel Unlimited. Nope, this week in Marvel. Just this week in Marvel. Yeah, this is what we're doing. Yep. This week in Marvel questions and comments. Got tons and tons of guys. One fifty one. One fifty one. We're doing it, guys. Uh, turn the corner. Uh, first up, we've got Agent Twim. He says, "Did Dum Dum ever get revived or cloned or anything?" Peggy Carter died at ninety-one, but he didn't look a day over forty-five at her funeral. Agent Twim, you need to read Original Sins yeah. and then uh, get your tissues ready. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, he but said, there's a perfectly good explanation for why he looks. Indeed, um, he also says that. The Nina that I wanted to grow up to be Blink was the Manite named mm -hmm. M9 mm -hmm. from the Onslaught. I, you know what? I see all those words yep. written and yep. like they make a sentence, but I don't understand Manites them. Manites were a thing in late 90s X-Men after Onslaught and then uh, going into some of the shattering stuff they were around. Uh, Nina did not grow up to be Blink because there actually was a Blink in the Marvel Universe. She debuted and died in the Phalanx Covenant. Then came back during Necrotia, and she's around. She was in that Great New Mutant series that uh, I met Lanning did. Yeah. But uh, Nina, not so much. Manites, uh, yeah. Have, haven't been around for a while. 
Uh, Asian Twim says, how many characters use the Dark Force? I can think of three. Cloak, Shroud, and Doorman. Anybody else? Black Mamba, Quagmire, Silhouette. Uh, the reason I can name off the top of my head is be oh, and Darkwing, because in the 90s in New Warriors, there was a story called Forces of Darkness, Forces of Light, <laughs> where there was this awesome villain named Darkwing who took control over all the Dark Force characters, so he had them all in one place, so that's why I remember those are the guys he had. And at the time, he just had all these weird characters gathered. I'm like, who are any of these people? I do not know. Like, when I read Squadron Supreme and first found out who Quagmire was, that was a revelation. Like, ah, oh, it's the guys from the New Warriors storyline. And same for uh, Black Mamba. And there are a whole bunch of other characters there, but there you go. Hmm. Some trivia right there. There you go. Um, Asian Twim says, I've decided to name Warlock Warlock 2, not as in number 2, but as in techno-organic to differentiate him from Adam Warlock. Cool idea. I guess. Sure. sure. Um, he's the second Warlock, too, technically, because yeah. Adam Warlock came first. He did, he did. Asian Twim says, I'm so mad right now. I saw a Duck Dynasty shirt with a camel version of Daredevil's DD. I don't, I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't I really know. know Duck, how to is Duck it. Dynasty still a thing? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think they, they're still doing. How about that? Still making, making the money. Pop culture, huh? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Passes you by. Yep. Uh, he asks, is it Asgard or Asgardia? Right now it's Asgardia. Because Asgard is the old place that got destroyed. Asgardia is the new one that the All-Mother created. There you go. Did Lila from Timestorm 2009-2099 ever resurface? Storm. What did she do oh. once she went through the ATM and into the internet? Like, I don't even know what this means. Only Brian Reed knows for sure. Yeah? Yeah, he wrote that. He emailed me the other day because he's, <laughs> he's the only person who he currently knows at Marvel, I guess. Mm. Uh, his address changed. He writes now for uh, Microsoft's 343 Studios and working go. on the next Halo. Very good guy. And Great he's guy. the writer of Timestorm, uh, so you should ask him. Yeah, he's Brian he's, Reed on yes, Twitter. Twitter's just Brian Reed. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yep. Uh, Agent Twim says, best thing about digital comics, no crease on a double-page spread. That's a good thing for sure. Mm -hmm. He says, I just realized that Deadpool's daughter did not come from the flashback issue where he got lucky. She's way too young. You know what? Normally, this is the type of thing where I go, ah, it's a comics timeline, slap it off. But this was a really good point. Because they were explicit about the <laughs> fact that that issue took place in the 70s. And Deadpool's daughter now is definitely not in, like, her 40s. So, hmm. I, you know what? Jordan D. White on Twitter. Well, no. says, uh, at Crack, crack shot. shot and the O is a, a zero. Clever because bastard. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hit him up on this. And Jerry Duggan and Brian Posehn and all those guys. Because yeah. that is that is right on. Mm -hmm. I refuse to suspend my disbelief on this one. Yeah. Uh, Agent Twim says, in quotes, where are my feet? He says, oh, Deadpool versus X-Force, you make me laugh. And finally, from Agent Twimmy says, when my non-Marvel friend suggested Puzzle Quest, I finally decided to give it a try. Of course, now I'm hooked. You couldn't have tried it at the 150-some-odd episodes we've been talking about the dang thing. Pretty, pretty sure we weren't talking about it in episode number one. No. 50, about probably let's see. a year ago, so it's well, almost yeah, 50 yeah. episodes ago. Yeah, but you just said 150. No, but I backed up. I said 50. Yeah, you did. I did. In your head. Arthur Wagner, is this a new Andrew Wagner? New? Maybe. Has this been before? I think so. For him? All yeah. right, here we go. Uh, all right, this is a multi-part tweet to debut. 
I was ecstatic when I saw the new Masterworks Slipcase Avengers Mansion thingy. Will there be any other sweet 75th anniversary stuff to buy that won't break my bank? I saw the price on the collection and almost cried. Also, sorry about using the wrong hashtag <laughs> before. That's right. This is a new guy. Yep. Um, there will be plenty of Marvel 75th anniversary. So we got an omnibus, which is probably also too expensive for you. But there'll be some cool collections and some uh, retailer stuff coming out. Yeah, I mean that thing's awesome. There None of us can ever afford it. The seventy fifth anniversary magazine that came out. That special was great. That's out now. Yep. I got. I got to remind myself to ask Tim Stevens if he has a copy since he's in it. Mm. I hope they sent him one. No. No, probably not. But yeah, there's plenty of seventy uh, fifth anniversary stuff out for you to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of really good expensive stuff. Yeah, too. and the you know the. The slipcase mansion thing is very expensive, but it is meant to be like a very marquee, mm -hmm. really like cool once in a blue moon type of uh, product. Mm -hmm. So hopefully some of you get it. Chris Vaughn, Immortal Thor 99. We need a new ongoing title starring Daredevil and She-Hulk called, wait for it, Marvel-A Law. It's supposed to be like Marvel with L.A. Law. That's, a, um, that's an oh my gill level pun right there. Yeah, sorry, man. No good. Oh my god. Zing two of you Ooh. at once. Ooh. Any plans for upcoming Marvel handbooks? Nothing on the immediate horizon, but those are things that always you never come know. back around. Yeah. I've always thought a good idea for the handbooks would be to do one annual issue with all updates for that year. They used to do that mm -hmm. back in the day. Yeah. Uh, be a good idea to come back. Mm -hmm. Any plans for new costumes in Avengers Alliance for the new characters like Female Thor, Falcon Cap, and Superior Iron Man? I would love to see all three of those. Uh, I do not know of any plans. Uh, usually they're working, you know, a certain window in advance, so probably that's not on the books yet, but you know what? i got to talk to Justin Woods at some point. I talked to him last week. Um, I'll talk to him again. Next time I talk to him, I'll try to remember to ask. Yeah. Haywood says, last week twin was Rocket Raccoon number three. Mindless chaos, and Scotty Young provides that great art and mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. uh, Haywood says, hope you guys got all the alternate Guardians of the Galaxy uniforms in the last day of Avengers Alliance when they were available. Uh, did you do all the, the... I got all of them, except I had one. I had the, the score tax last, left for Gamora, so I just used gold to get her. That's fair. But I earned all the other ones. Nice. And Haywood says, last week's Twin of the Week was Magneto number nine. We finally see someone else try to take down the skull. Didn't go so well. Yeah, it's not, not a great thing for him. Uh, Infinity Watcher says, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, Ska style. Nice. I love, love, loved Original Sin number eight. Got a picture. Picture. It's the Thor. Aww. Can't pick up his hammer. Wah, wah. Uh, he says, Legendary Star-Lord is one of my favorite comics of 2014. Sam Humphreys' Peter Quill is perfect. Hashtag WWRRD. Nice. Very good. Uh, the upcoming fight between Star-Lord and Thanos might be the first time I don't want Thanos to win. Mm. Oh, yeah, I mean, do you really want Thanos to win? He's I mean, not a good guy. Yeah, but it's not like he's real. I guess. It's not, uh, doesn't affect us. <laughs> loving the new That's Discover sad. section of Marvel Unlimited. Uh, he wants Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, please. Yes, I do too. I read that uh, the trade the second one, the Valentino Collection Volume 2, that stuff was really fun. Mm. Like, really, really fun, just the way they do new ideas and stuff. Um, tweet to Elliot Ronan. He's yes. in charge of that. So E-L-L-I-O-T-R-O-N-E-N. -L -L -E and also, he's in charge of the Discover section, so let him know that you like it. Yep. Uh, he says, uh, Infinity Watcher says, this is my favorite couple in the Marvel Universe. I need them to make little babies. Uh, Peter Quill and Jimmy yeah. Pride. No pressure there. Yeah. 
and to make babies, apparently. <laughs> uh, Finley Watcher finally says, Happy birthday to my two favorite podcasts, Talking Comics and uh, This Week in Marvel. Happy 150th. Thank Thanks, you. man. Kyle Charles, Johnny Timpulse. Overall, I really liked Original Sin. Hats off to Mr. Jason Aaron for keeping me interested in the mystery. Mm. That was the idea. Uh, Nolan J. Hitchcock. I just read the Warren Ellis Secret Avengers issues. Didn't know Moon Knight in a suit. Went back to that. Nice. Those are so good. Those, those, those are excellent issues. Oh, so good. But yeah, that's true. I forgot about that too. But he does wear a suit there. So yeah. he's planning it. Penelope Cat. Only read one book this week and Rocket Raccoon is my twin of the week. They had me at Squidoosh. Squidoosh. Oh my Gil, back again. Yeah. Let's see what he's got for us <laughs> this week. Uh, I think I was trying to conserve those precious characters for optimum punniness. Uh, total failure on that part. You, Your puns have just been horrible. Mm. Horrible, oh my Gil. <laughs> the weakest part of your game. You're a, you're, a, you're a steadfast listener and we appreciate you. Stop doing puns. Um, also, Costa Rica is in Central America. I stay hyped about world geography, not Mojo Raleigh. Sorry. Um, Mojo Raleigh references it brings you even further down. This is just a <laughs> Ben's disaster. Favorite wrestler. Oh, uh, also, great match at Takeover. Him getting destroyed <laughs> by Bull Dempsey, one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, I I stake no claim in having any concept of geography. I'm terrible mm, at no. geography. One of my uh, worst subjects. And look at where I am now. So yeah. suck who, it, geography. Who needs geography or math? Yeah, or, I'm gonna go to Italy tomorrow. Yeah, it's boom. next door. Yeah. Right? Hello, Canada. What? I can't believe I was hashtag pun shamed on this week in Marvel. You should believe it. It was a terrible pun. Um, Storm decides to be a competitive rower, and Wolverine agrees to be her coach. Aurora, row your boat, Logan shouts. And the next tweet I think is pretty apt because it says we are going to ban him from this week in Marvel somehow, and I think it's rapidly approaching. Rapidly approaching. Uh, good, good chuckles going on there. Uh, Raph AB says about 2 million French people went to see Guardians of the Galaxy since its release on August 13th. Great work. He says 2 million of French. Yep. So I don't know if that means 2 million French people or... Well, but whatever it is, hooray, yay. Yeah, English not, is not Raph's uh, no, first language. He actually does a right. great job communicating with us. He comes yeah. to all the live chats and everything. Agreed. And he's, uh, he's, he's a good dude. Definitely. Rob Nolan says, Avengers Undercover 9 was simply brilliant. One of the best issues so far, but they've all been so good. A great saga. A big thanks and well done to Ben for maintaining the unbroken record of this week of Marvel podcast, even when he should be resting. Uh, that was issue episode one forty nine, one forty nine, one forty. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I rested this week. Don't worry. Yep. Uh, Rob right, says I had to get over my malaise. So episode one fifty. What? I was using your word yeah. of the day. It's malaise. A good, it's a good word. Uh, so episode one fifty six is three years of podcast. I just wanted to say well done in advance. Yes, I was thinking about this. The other day, is and it, where that falls. Is it going to be Comic-Con as usual it's or no? It's after Comic-Con. Thank God. Because we're doing the live episode oh, on yeah. the day before. we revealed that? So we're doing a live episode. Yeah. Uh, for, for those of you in the New York area. Yeah. For, we're going to have like 100 tickets or something. I don't know yeah. how this is going to work. New York Comic-Con is setting it up, and yep. we're just going to go and it's goof crazy, off. But, uh, but that'll be like episode 154 or 5, I oh, think. It would be cool if that was 156. Yeah. Oh, it's well. not 6. But, you know, pretty neat. We'll come up with something cool. Um, be on the lookout if you're coming to New York Comic Con. Uh, check, I don't know, their page. Will they have information? Ask us, maybe. We'll find out. We, we once, maybe. once we know, we'll let you know what's going on with that. But yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. Our first in front of an audience live podcast. Yeah. It should go great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, glad that She-Hulk 8 made Twin of the Week in this week of Marvel 149. Such a great issue. Charles Soule and company are you know, doing a great job. Is that the one I did by myself? 
So you had no say. I was just like, She-Hulk, yeah. you're the Tomb of the Week. None can argue with me. Yes. Uh, this Week in Marvel question from him. He says, if you are a Marvel Unlimited Plus member and your membership reaches its annual renewal, do you receive the pack with the figure slash variants, or is that only a joining incentive? He then mm. follows up, says, since I was in touch with online support, I asked them, and they confirmed a renewed year means another goodie package. I will just follow up and say, uh, yes, we'll, we will be refreshing these hopefully every year yeah. uh, as, as long as the program keeps being successful and awesome and you guys dig it. Uh, so once you're a subscriber and you renew, every year you get something different. It's not You're not going to get two Ultron packages or two Rocket Raccoon packages. You will get a new one every year with new stuff and, and new perks and all that good stuff. So, yeah, please sign up and enjoy. Star-Lord UK. I loved Hawkeye versus Deadpool. Such a great comic. Reading the first-person view of Hawkeye taping the aim. Great work. Great action-packed issue of Deadpool versus X-Force. Great little run. Very much enjoyed. Scott McElroy, Dr. Spidey, has it ever been mentioned who or what the mascot is for Empire State University? All inquiring Spider-Fans want to know. Oh, my God, I have no idea. I yeah, Tom Brevoort on that. Yeah. That's a really good question. Um, good one. Good one, Scott. We're, we're, we're going to look into it. Loving the Winter Soldier Blu-ray. Any reason why there was no Marvel one-shot on this one? Always look forward to those. Um, I mean, we, we just didn't do it. If there if we choose to do it again, to do more, we will. Uh, but there's no guarantee on those things. You know, they're very expensive, from what I've mm. yeah, I've I've dug a little bit into this, and they are not very um, cost effective. Probably. Maybe we'll make our own. Yeah. Here with well, our video team. Yes, that'll go. That'll be really very, well. That'll be very cost. Hey, uh, Kevin, I uh, got this idea for the MCU. I'm going to be Devil Dinosaur, but I'm not putting on any makeup or costume. I'm just going to like go around and Ben on my team. We're, yeah. He's going to be Moon Boy. Moon Boy. We're just, we're just going to do it. Cool. Yeah. Here. Cool. Thanks. Bye. We've got the team that did As the Page Turns signed on. <laughs> they're ready so to go. They're ready to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. This is still Scott. Wow. Great new episode of This Week in Marvel reviewing Squadron, Squadron Supreme and talking about Mark Grunewald's legacy with Tom Brevoort. Going to fill in gaps in my Marvel official handbook collection in honor of him. Uh, that was a really fun episode to do, and if you enjoyed that, I think you guys will really dig next week's mm. point five. Peter Sanderson's back for the '80s. Talks about Greenwald. Talks about a lot of other cool stuff. Felt to me like doing both of those in one week felt very right. Like yeah. those those Agreed. podcasts fit nicely together. I think it's, it's going to be really really good next week. That's a uh, maybe one of the best ones we've done with him. Yep, one of the three best ones. Simon Williams says. My twin of the week is Ms. Marvel number eight. The story of a girl and her dog made better with giant robots. Well said. Uh, he says, he asks, has Luna ever met her cousins Wiccan and Speed? I would read a comic about the adventures of Magneto's grandkids. <laughs> to my knowledge, she is not, and she really should, hmm. as long as her mom's not in the comic. Oh, Ben. Oh, well. Squirrel Boy 2099 says, do you need to, to straw me? Stromy. He says, do you need to use duct tape for the homemade Blu-ray combo, or would other types of tape or even glue work, which leads me to question what Mark is telling Talking people about. on his segment of the show. Yeah, we should... Terrifying. I don't know. It's terrifying. Thane of Glamis, I was curious if there may be any info you could give on Thane and his traveling past the digital comic story. Well, There's nothing else yet. Nothing yet, but the digital comic story is leading places. We did not create a character that important and not have plans for him. Correct. That much, I will say. The Tech Lord says, I love Agent M's Reed Richards impression by way of Tony Danza. I need a Reed Richards impression. Hey, uh, Sue, we gotta go to the moon. 
I, I imagine that's what it good. was in my head. Pretty good. That's what it was. Uh, ben, uh, <laughs> you want to drive a spaceship for me, eh? Let's go. Uh, Angela. I would like... <laughs> I would like if all the Fantastic Four was the boss characters. Like, Angela's obviously Sue. Yeah. I guess, would Mona be the thing? Uh, she would have to she be. She would have to be the thing. And then uh, Alyssa Milano is uh, the torch. And then the, the kid is uh, Franklin. Yeah. There's a kid? Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the, the son. The boy. Angela's son. Yeah. She has a son. Tony has a daughter. Hey, Angela. Yeah, so uh, I'll be taking that on the road. Fantastic stuff. Yep. Please take it on the road. Techlord says, it is totally good to cut down on my TwimURC <laughs> tweets. I'm wordy and tweet as I go because Twitter are my only comic friends. Fair enough, Lex. And finally says, my martial arts instructor wants what? to know where the month and year on Original Sin is located now. I don't uh, know what that sentence even means. Yeah, I don't know. I understood martial arts instructor. Where the month and year on hmm. Original Sin is located. Try that one again in two weeks, Techlord. See if you can clarify, and we'll try to answer it then. Yeah, I don't, I'm sorry, I just don't understand. All right, Wookiee Will taking us home. Not sure what I think, but do think killing him is good. Death of Wolverine issue number one. <laughs> Death of Wolverine issue number two. This issue makes no sense. Thought Lady Deathstrike <laughs> was dead. Uh, she actually came back in X-Men, although in a different form. I'm not quite sure how this corresponds with that. That's for editors, not for us. Um, and you guys need to use tagboard.com that way you get all the hashtags, hashtags. i checked it out today yeah, um good. I, I didn't miss any before i got there i, I think i'm learning a little trick with twitter but cool. um it's good to know and i i have it saved in my brain last up we've got x-men first class he says reread amazing spider-man volume 2 number 36 yesterday mm. still as poignant of a story as it was the first time uh this was obviously 9-11 tweeted issue, yeah. the day after uh on september 12th so, uh, yep, uh, X-Men First Class, he says, I adore Spider-Man Unlimited. Such a fun game, waiting for Iron Spidey and Stealth Suit. We got a lot of new updates coming. As I've said, not just Spider-Men, but other Spider-People. Um, so stay tuned. Very cool. Last one says, a freshman in my choir class has a picture of Spider-Man 2099 wow. on his binder, so I started calling him O'Hara. Love it. That is great. Beautiful. Yes. Guys, remember... What should they do for next week? Read Mystic. It's really damn good. It's really, really good, and I want to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Uh, it's in Marvel Unlimited. You're all subscribers because you're all great. Yep. So read it and enjoy it and, and let us know. Use the hashtag TWIMURC, T-W-I-M-U-R-C, to let us know what you think of it. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks. We'll be back with another episode next week. This is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>